What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode, we've got an amazing guest. He has built a real estate team that did 750 transactions in 2020. They are on pace to beat that by a lot in 2021. He's also a real estate developer, investor, owns several hundred doors, owns a construction company, and is involved in a lot of real estate businesses. Welcome to the show, Brandon Brittingham. Welcome to the show today, Brandon. How are you doing? Good, man. Thanks for uh, for, for joining us. I, I see you got your your Maryland and uh, Delaware signs proudly behind you. Yep. Why, uh, why? Before we start off, why don't you give uh, our listeners out there and people watching on YouTube a little bit of a background on who you are and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, um, my name is Brandon Brittingham. Um, I'm the team leader of the Maryland and Delaware group along with Foster. So um, started in real estate uh, some time ago and um, started to do really well, selling a ton of houses, you know, I was getting to, got to about around 200 a year myself and, um, you know, just started to realize that I was hitting a ceiling and, um, you know, also wanted to really think about and long-term build and grow wealth. So I started a team about five years ago. Um, and there's a, it's tw- we're, we're, there's a team of 20 of us. And last year, 2020, I'm proud to say we were number one in all of Long and Foster for homes sold for 2020. So pretty cool accomplishment in a short period of time. How did you do 200 before the team? That's just you and some assistants or how, how were you structured well that's, you a, that's can, a lot of homes that's like you it's can like see i've lost yeah you can see i've lost a lot of my hair so <laughs> i you know honestly i was just i was working a ton um you know i didn't have really good systems or processes i just ran non-stop and i got burnt out and um and and that's when i learned that really smart people that run really good businesses, you know, put really good process and systems in. And that was one of the reasons that I gravitated towards wanting to build a team. What's, uh, what's the structure of the team like now in terms of, you know, admin, marketing staff, agents, how do, how do you, how are you kind of structured? So I actually still do sell. I mean, I know a lot of people that run a team as large as mine don't, but I will tell you one of the things that I'm a firm believer in is you should do stuff that you love. I still really do enjoy being in the transaction. And I know friends of mine that run really big teams that are like, you know, we knew, we knew we wanted to stop doing it when we really got tired of, you know, dealing with the transaction and I'm just, I'm not there yet. So I still really do enjoy doing that. So we've got, um, we've got kind of a whole marketing team, you know, director of marketing and then, She's got people under her. We've got somebody that runs all of our digital marketing. 
Um, we've got about four admin staff, uh, transaction coordinators, um, you know, help general, general admin. I've got a director of operations um, that kind of oversees everything. And then one thing that I think we're really unique is I actually have an in-house CFO. Um, so a lot of people don't have an in-house CFO. Part of the reason is because we're in so many different businesses. So not just real estate. Um, I own a construction company, home building, development, uh, really large property management company, um, and partnerships and mortgage title insurance, and a couple other real estate related companies, and a couple of tech companies. So I had to have a CFO when we started growing all these different companies. What is what is that? And, and you're right, that is a unique role. Not a lot of agents, team leaders, brokers even have that. What does your CFO do for you? So obviously she oversees all, everything financially, but we do a lot of in real estate investment, a lot of real estate acquisition, um, a lot of different things that have different tax ramifications, building property, flipping property. So she oversees all, all of that. She helps us with planning. Um, you know, we bought an apartment complex a couple of years ago. I didn't even know what a call seg was. You know, she did that for us, which got us like a million five in depreciation that year, which really saved us a ton of money on our taxes. Um, and she's just like super smart and brilliant. So she, even though her primary function is the financial and the financial planning, she's involved in a lot of decisions we make too, because she's super smart and she has a different mindset than, you know, I have a mindset of a visionary. She's the mindset of an integrator. So it's a, uh, it's a good balance. Yeah. And that, I, th I think it's good to have someone who's an expert in those areas, especially when you're, you're doing large scale investing and acquisitions, uh, they're going to see structures, tax, you know, benefits that, that you might miss, like, like the cost segregation, um, which, you know, for the people watching that don't know, that's, you know, you're accelerating. I think it's, what, 15 years of depreciation, basically, something like that, like everything that's like a 15 year item or, or under uh, gets to fall in that bucket. So that's, that's pretty cool that you, you have, uh, you know, have her in that role. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just like little things that you don't realize take away your time. You know, an agent was paid wrong on a commission of this or that, uh, you know, just all the things financially that I no longer have to worry about or deal with. Um, and her, you know, and her being in the weeds of knowing what our ROI is on wherever we're spending money, um, knowing where we're spending money in real time, what's working, what's not working, um, which I'm sure you've seen this and I have too, over the years of coaching and helping other people in this business of them just not financially understanding and having a grasp on, you know, running their business from a financial standpoint and just understanding everything. So that was another thing that, um, you know, completely took that off of me. So that it was, it was a, it was a game changer for me because it, it freed me up to do a lot of things that I'm really good at doing. What, what else are you involved in? I know you, you've mentioned the team and you bought that apartment building and, uh, you know, you mentioned other joint ventures and, and 
things that you have? Like what, what other investments or companies or entrepreneurial things are, are you involved in? So I've invested in a couple of real estate related tech companies pretty early. Um, I'm heavily involved in a lot of real estate investment from myself. Um, so I own a couple, couple apartment complexes, a couple hundred single family properties. Um, I do some land development for a couple of the national builders. And then I actually run it. I own a company and we build about a hundred plus houses here a year on the Eastern shore. Um, and then, you know, have some involvement in some mortgage title insurance companies uh, and um, commercial real estate and some commercial real estate investment properties. And then we have a really large property management business. We manage about 1200 doors uh, here on the Eastern shore. Oh, wow. That's, that's a, that's a lot. So you're managing like single families, apartments, everything or everything. Yep. What's, uh, what's, what's your like most favorite activity out of, out of, you know, everything we've kind of touched on here. Um, I mean, I still, you know, probably the, the thing that I get the most enjoyment out of is being and working in, in the team, um, taking somebody brand new, putting them in this business, you know, change, completely changing their mindset, giving them a mindset of abundance, showing them that they can actually have financial freedom and just completely changing their world and watching them go from a brand new agent to making six figures in a short period of time. And just seeing how that completely changes the financial aspect of their entire, you know, everything. Are, are you, are you able, you know, because I imagine just because of the success you've had in, in other areas outside of, you know, brokerage, are, are you able to show your agents by, by example and, and teach them about building their long-term wealth so that they're not always dependent on, you know, selling a home to, to get money. Yeah. I mean, we really try to ingrain that in them. And in fact, last year, 2020, we helped a couple of our agents buy their first investment property, which is really, really cool. Um, so yeah, we, we, we have that as a huge focus to kind of teach them that way of building wealth, having a mi wealth mindset and, and not be dependent on commission income for the rest of their life. And what, what do you think the biggest factor is in, in getting agents to take that step? Cause I feel like there's like a ton of agents, like, like most of them probably don't actually invest themselves in real estate, even though they're like swimming in it. <laughs> Yeah. So the, so the crazy thing is I initially wanted to get my license because I wanted to invest in real estate. So I kind of, my perception of real estate was it's kind of this secret society that when you get in real estate, all the investment deals you'll get access to and everybody invests in real estate. And I quickly found out that, you know, they had the information and they had the keys. Uh, but a lot of people didn't. So, um, I just think it's a, it's a block somewhere from a mindset. And, and I think, frankly, a lot of agents that have been in real estate for a long time kind of have a mindset um, and they were never really taught this. And it's kind of hard to break their mentality. You know, what we really like to do is bring age, bring people in completely brand new, train them on our way of doing it and kind of teach them everything. So we're not having to break kind of, this mentality that they already have.
Hey, hold that thought. Do you wanna get 100 tips for free from my best-selling real estate book, The Hyper-Local, Hyper-Fast Real Estate Agent? If you do, go to hyperfasttips.com and you can download 100 of my best tips today. Again, that's hyperfasttips.com. You can download 100 tips on how to grow your business, get more clients, deliver more value to more people. Go to hyperfasttips.com. What, what is your team doing differently right now that they, they weren't a year ago? Just on, on the residential uh, sales side, obviously, there's been a lot of changes in the markets, um, a, lot, a lot of changes in, in protocols and procedures and just, you know, a, a lot of change in the world. Like what, what's your team doing differently right now that maybe they weren't doing a year ago? So I think it's a couple things. I think number one, you know, I've really drilled into my team, um, go after listings, go after listings, go after listings. Um, and also because of um, how everybody's communicating now, you know, Zoom, video, things of that nature, you know, really drilling into them. You know, you got to market on social media, you got to use video. I mean, social media is more popular now than ever. Video is more popular now than ever. So I think um, just ingraining in them, you know, marketing on social media is a complete game changer. Obviously, prospecting and going after listings because right now where we where we are, I mean, everywhere it's low inventory, but we control a substantial amount of listings. So, um, you know, all of my agents are are doing fairly well because they've got good listing inventories, and you know, they're being they're able to help their buyers get in houses because we have so many listings. Um, but I think it's all, you know, that in a big way is how people are marketing now, which is, you know, huge focus on social media. I've, I've had my team embrace that. And that's a big difference between this year and last year. Are you guys, uh, up or, or same as last year or doing more deals or you know, struggling to, to get buyers under contract? What's, what's, what's so sort of the first, results and market been like for you this year? So last year we, we had an absolute record year. We, we saw, we were close to 800 units settled and we're about 25% up right now where we were last year. So um, that's pretty substantial considering there are some pretty um, real challenges in the market right now with inventory and things of that nature. So um, thankfully we, we are up pretty substantial. What are, you, what are you guys doing to mitigate the, the inventory? Obviously going after listings uh, harder. Uh, anything else you're doing to help your buyer clients out there? Because it's, it's challenging for a lot of them. Yeah, so we are fortunate in the standpoint of, um, I don't want to say that I saw this coming, but, but a couple of years ago, I really thought that if the market continued on the pace that we were at, at least here, because we're not a huge metropolitan area, there was going to be an inventory crisis. Um, so a couple of years ago, I made some really good um, connections with some national builders, and I started acquiring um, pretty large parcels of land and started to develop them. And then, you know, um, not that I predicted that we'd be in a pandemic or anything crazy like this, but the great thing is we, we have so much new construction um, that it helped us be able to have a ton of inventory right now. 
and the nature of building a house or getting someone in a new construction, if they do a to be built, um, is a little bit different of an animal because they're not going out and looking at a house that's got 35 offers and it's gone ridiculously overpriced. You know, right now where we are, the, the cost of a resale is getting up there with the cost of a new construction. So it probably makes more sense to buy something new. So we were, I was very fortunate from a standpoint of, I didn't see it coming the way it came or at the rate that it came, but I, I had a feeling that we were going to be in an inventory crisis. So I bet pretty big on new construction and it paid off. Do you think the pandemic and, and the, you know, ripple effects from the pandemic are, are what led to the, the shortage right now, the undersupply or, or, or maybe just a contributing factor or how did, how did that, if, if at all, you know, affect? Yeah, I think it was situation? part, I think it was part of it. I think the other thing is I've also seen a mindset change in the consumer. I've seen, you know, home means something completely different because in the pandemic, it, it became this extra layer of security um, and then we, we've seen here where I live, we've seen a huge influx of people from metropolitan areas. So, you know, low interest rates, um, different definition of home, a lot of people wanting to own a house or a second home, right? Um, you know, it was, it's crazy to say this, but it was almost like a perfect storm. It created almost this perfect storm of demand. You already had low inventory. Then through the pandemic, most people didn't list their house. So when, you know, when things started to open back up and people started to realize that, you know, maybe the world's not going to end, you know, a lot of people just started buying houses and the supply just couldn't keep up with the demand. Yeah, I mean, what more on the supply, you know, if you if you go back and look at supply versus demand, we've, we've actually underbuilt homes every year since like 2000, I think since 2008, um, and yeah. the, the, the years leading up to 2008, we were building more than the demand. And every year since, from the charts I've seen, it's this, the supply, what we've built has been less than we needed. I think last year they said nationally like 1.5 million uh, less. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you think that trend is, is gonna continue? Cause that, that seems like a problem to me if, if we need, <laughs> you know, a lot more than, than we're able to build and like lumber, windows, appliances, everything takes a lot longer now and prices have gone up on all of those things. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a weird cycle because now the demand for new construction is through the roof, but now you're having serious supply chain issues. Um, you know, I think one of the struggles is the nature of doing a development or things of that nature, you know, it takes so long that I think after 08, a lot of builders and developers got really, really scared. So now it's one of those things where they're all trying to time it right. Um, so, you know, it's hard to say, I mean, the, the demand for new construction that we're seeing, there's definitely nowhere near the amount of inventory being built or even close to it that can even absorb the demand, you know, where we are. Yeah, we, I mean, we've been seeing that in our market, you know, we're, we're closer in, in the beltway and it's, it's the same story. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if there is like, I don't know what areas or, or agents I've talked to where it's not that way. Like, sure. You know, um, seems like 
most of the, the places in the U.S. are are kind of in that boat. Uh, is there is there anything your agents are doing to to get creative to to help your buyers when they're they're in these you know competitive situations or? Well, I think it's you know being ready. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know you've got to be paying attention to the MLS. Um, you've really got to educate your buyers. They've got to understand what's going on. You've got to be completely transparent with them, almost blunt of, hey, if you want to, if, if, if a house comes on the market and it fits your needs, we got to be in there right away and we've got to come in and we've got to be competitive and we've got to be strong, right? So I think part of it is, is presentation um, of what you're explaining to them, uh, you know, providing value. Uh, to a buyer from an education standpoint, I think is a big thing. You know, we we have kind of amassed a huge listing inventory. So that has helped us, um, you know, with matching buyers and sellers up within our team. But a lot of it is just education, letting the buyers know and understand what's going on, making sure they're prepared, understanding, you know, everything, having them, you know, fully transparent, explained walking into a situation I mean, it's hard to look somebody in the eyes and say, if you want this house, you're going to have to go over full price. And, you know, a consumer, it's kind of hard for them to understand that. We certainly don't want to be having that conversation the minute after they've walked through the house and they absolutely fall in love with it. Um, having them prepared up front ahead of time right now in this market, I think is so um, crucial. And then also, speed man like right now speed wins i mean you've got to be on top of it you got to be fast hey that's a great thought but let me get to this question that i just got from one of my followers uh, right to my phone uh, by the way did you know you can text me at 703-215-1684 this is a new thing i've rolled out i'm letting my listeners and uh, people that subscribe and follow me on social media connect with me directly to my phone on text message. It's me answering them and, and responding. You can ask me anything about real estate, investing, business, whatever. Just text 703-215-1684 and I will respond to you. I think, you know, you said some really important things there. It really does start with educating them upfront on the market, on what their response times will need to be. On, on the terms of the contract. So they're not deciding like last minute, you know, what, what contingencies mean what, if, you know, after they've fallen in love with the house, like you want them to think about all of, all of these things upfront. Absolutely. How, how much longer do you think this, this environment lasts? Like, do you think it, it can continues on this or do you think it kind of levels off or, you know, where do you, and this is kind of I, crystal ball range, I know. Or. It's it's hard, you know, it's hard to say because I think this is we're in uncharted territory where this was nobody saw this coming, right? Um, after after kind of the pandemic, I mean, you know, if you're looking at a cycle, another year, year and a half, you know, probably it cools off. But again, I just don't see any, at least in the short term, I don't see any demand from the buyer changing. Um, and that's one of the things that I think is really driving it. If we stay in a, in a low interest um, situation, which I think we will stay in for some time, um, I think that the demand from the buyer is going to stay strong. 
in the near future. And I don't think the supply changes enough to, to put it back to kind of a kind of a normal balance. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I tend to agree with you. You know, no one's got a, a crystal ball, but um, I, I don't think rates are gonna go up. I don't, I don't think there's any politician out there that, you know, wants, wants rates going up on their watch. And, and um, you know, I, I guess we'll see. What are, you, what are you most excited about, you know, kind of for, for this year and, and beyond with everything you're doing? You've got your hands in so many different things. Well, one of the things I'm really excited about is last year was the first year we really got serious about bringing, a, bringing agent, you know, bringing new agents on and kind of growing, you know, to a, to a larger, you know, larger pace. So we're getting ready to open an office in Delaware. Um, we've really focused on bringing new agents in and kind of growing through people. So I'm really excited about, you know, consistently growing our organization and growing through people and, and helping more people get in our building and, and just helping them, you know, be the best version of themselves. So I think it, what I'm excited about is, you know, growing through people. That's, that's, that's my main focus and lever right now. Awesome. Well, it seems like you've done an amazing job at creating a ton of value for people in your organization. So I'm sure that will be fun to, to do you know, at, at a bigger scale going forward. Before we wrap up, I always like to do a hyper fast round if you're ready for some rapid fire questions and answers. Sure. All right, what's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? Um, this one's simple. Everybody thinks that there's a magic pill. I think real estate business, anything you wanna be successful at, be ruthlessly consistent at everything you do. That's the magic pill. I agree. Uh, what about an experienced agent? What piece of advice would you give them right now? Um, our industry is changing dramatically. Embrace the change, adapt or die. What's the biggest business challenge you've ever had and how did you overcome it or what did you learn from it? Um, I think I got my real estate license in 07. So I lived through 08. Um, I think 08 was a, you know, hey, brand new agent, I'm going to make a ton of money. <laughs> and then um, going through 08, and I had some personal um, assets in 08 that, you know, on paper tanked. Um, and what I learned in 08 was you got to embrace and adapt when things go wrong. So 2008, I learned a ton about doing foreclosures and short sales. And 08, 09, um, I had really good years when I learned how to pivot. Yeah, so you, you started uh, in, a, in a tough time. So, you know, if you can make it through that, you'll, you'll be in this business long term. Uh, when you're not working on your business or real estate, what would we find you doing? Well, I spend a lot of time doing that. Um, obviously, pre-COVID, you know, I love the travel, um, love sporting events. Obviously, a lot of that changed. So what I, one of the things I did do that I've really enjoyed is in last year, because we couldn't go anywhere, I bought a boat. So go out on the boat a lot when I can. I really enjoy that. 
Yeah, boating was like that was one of the things that uh, you know didn't get taken away. It was like yeah. one of the few things that uh, it's hard to hard to stop it. So uh, yeah, it's good to get out on the water for sure. Uh, where do you see yourself? Is the last question, by the way. Where do you see yourself ten years from now? Um, if I would say, you know, my 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 big commitment, you know, my big focus and goal is growing my team to number one in the United States. But I want to do it way before ten years. All right. Well, we will watch for that. Uh, I think. I think you got some competition from uh, other Long and Foster people, right? That you gotta... Yeah, we welcome competition. That's good. Healthy competition is good. Good. Well, that, that'll be exciting to watch. Thank you so much for telling your story and all the, the amazing things you're doing in real estate right now. If people are out there listening and want to connect with you or learn more about you know your organization or your businesses, well, what are some ways they can do that? Uh, Facebook. Facebook's a good place. I connect with a ton of people on Facebook. Just my name, Brandon Brittingham. Um, that's a good place. I, you know, connect with people through Messenger a lot. Um, that's the best place to get me because it doesn't get stuck in email or anything like that. We're also connected nowadays. That's that's a good place to connect at. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show to our to all our listeners and viewers out there thanks for tuning in or watching give us some feedback let us know how uh what your takeaways from the episode were we love comments we love feedback hit the subscribe button we'll see you next time thank you for tuning in to this episode of the hyper fat show subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest hyper fat shows and remember we love reviews Views help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.